0: Please remember this, you'll never get a second chance to make a first impression, and your ability to leave a positive and lasting impression is the first step towards getting the job. So join us as we give you a demo game plan on this episode of Sports Booth. Kevin McLeod, as always, providing us with the great music you hear on every episode of this podcast. And just as music is designed to make an impression on the show, so is your demo with potential employers. The word demo is short for demonstration. In other words, the demo plays a significant role in your ability to demonstrate your qualifications for the gig. Think of your demo as a gigantic billboard as you're driving down the highway. And that billboard is there for a reason, right? Of course it is. It's along the side of the road, sending you a message about a product that a company would like you to buy. A demo is no different. It's your personal billboard to potential employers. But this time, you are the product and its company. And you're selling yourself, your abilities, your ideas to a decision maker. It's your one and likely only chance for you to tell them or a team or organization what you can do for them. Or how you can fit into the group, how you can handle the responsibilities of the position, and why you're the person they should hire. Now, back when I was applying for jobs, it was certainly different. Our demos were demo tapes, cassette tapes, right? And I can almost guarantee that none of you have ever seen a cassette tape, let alone used one. But today with the internet and the great hosting sites, demo construction is easier than ever. With the ability to send to a team at a moment's notice. No snail mail or FedEx overnight needed in most cases. Just download the demo and it's on its way instantly. The formatting of demos is a personal preference. So I'm not going to go into that and the aspects of your tracks here. But I do want to cover instead what I feel is the must-haves and inclusions on that demo. And it's important that we have discussion regarding other materials that should be sent while applying for play-by-play jobs. All right, so, so let's break it down. First and foremost, make sure your demo is short. All right, how long is short? Well, in my opinion, a demo should be no longer than three to five minutes. And that timeframe includes everything, which we'll get into here very shortly. Again, you have to look at the demos through the eyes of the people that are hiring. Okay, so let's say they receive 100 demos. That means someone is going to have to sit there and listen to a lot of calls. And when you think about it, that's just not realistic, right? So chances are each of these demos will get listened to for just a fraction of their total runtime, which leads me to my second point. Whatever you do, make sure you lead with your best stuff. I cannot stress that enough. Remember, I suggested three to five minutes in total length. And that the time they listen to your work could be considerably less than that. Somebody once told me the average demo listening time is less than a minute. Yikes! That's why it's important to lead with your best calls. You want to give them a reason to... What? Keep listening, right? Of course. The last thing you want is some great call or a home run call or that three-point buzzer beater call to be at the end of your demo because chances are it will never be heard, which could greatly hurt your chances of getting the gig. So, so far, we've talked about the most important features of your demo. First, keep it short. And second, lead with your best stuff. Now, if you're doing a TV demo, in my mind, it's okay to go a little bit longer. For TV, you'll want to include a stand-up, Maybe some reporting along with your call. And I would lead with the stand-up followed by your signature moments of your call. Then the reporting. I'm not a big fan of having the analyst on the demo when they are talking uh, or entire reports, the long, lengthy reports. Just keep them short, snippets. To me, that just wastes a lot of time. Again, short on length and lead with your best stuff. Calling goals, home runs, and three-pointers aren't the only aspects of your demo that are important. Calling the game itself for an extended time is also critical. When you include this part, place it after your signature calls. I've even seen job seekers put it on a separate track that runs for about 10 minutes. Trust me, if the team likes what they're hearing and they want more, they're going to let you know. As an aside, continue to look for ways of improving your demo over time. You know, maybe there's a call you made a season after you cut your tracks that you think is better than one of the tracks on the demo. Then go ahead and swap them out. As you should always be looking to improve as a broadcaster, potential employers will only know of your improvements if they hear it on your demo. All right, so you've got the demo all ready to go. Is that it? No, not by a long shot. You're also going to need to include a copy of your resume. Now, coming out of college, your experience won't be vast, but it should be significant enough to make an impression. If you've worked in student radio or television, include it in your accomplishments. If you finished with a 3.75 GPA or a GPA that you think is good, well, make sure you include that as well. If you interned at a station or with a team, include that. And if you've had any sales experience, and you know how important I believe this is to landing an entry-level broadcasting position with a team, well, make sure you include that as well. Also, have an objective, and make sure that's at the top of your resume. Tell them why you want the job, why you will be good at the job, and what your expectations are for the position. Also, make sure you have a list of references. Once again, lead with what you feel are the most impressive to an employer. If you called college basketball and covered the team, maybe you reach out to the head coach for a letter of recommendation. If you had a professor that made an impression on you and vice versa, reach out to them for a letter. If you had a positive interning experience somewhere, get them to write you a letter and make sure you have them do it before you leave the team or station. So how do you put all of this together? Well, since so much of our communication these days is done electronically, so should your method of materials compilation. One thing to consider is building a website in which all of your experience, accomplishments and awards can be accessed from a single page. Make sure you include a picture of yourself, suit and tie for the men, and business attire for the women. Make sure the front page includes a link to your demo and one to your resume. But also on that front page, make it your brag page. Along with your name and contact information, include your college name and program and a few highlights regarding your experience and awards. And include sales experience. This is a must if you have it. Let them know you can sell. It will likely get you a further look automatically. And remember, we're trying to look at aspects of your presentation that would appeal to owners, GMs, and the like. Remember when I mentioned the billboard along the side of the highway? Your front page is your billboard. It's possibly your one and only chance to sell them on your qualifications. It is all right there for their examination and instant examination at that. There's also a chance teams will prefer a different method for candidates to apply. They may prefer mailed materials. If that's the case, I would put your demo on a flash drive, then include it in a folder that includes your resume, letters of recommendation, and a sheet listing your awards and accomplishments. Make sure, of course, you include a picture of yourself. And if you can't afford the fee, I would overnight your packet via FedEx. Remember, FedEx does not deliver to post office boxes, so make sure you get the street address and, if possible, the name of the hiring manager so it'll go to that person directly. All right, so your materials have been sent. What's the next step? Well, that would be the follow-up process. And this process can be very tricky. You want to respectfully stay in touch with the team or station, but you don't want to become a nuisance. Respectful follow-up shows the employer that you care and that you're on top of things and organized. And this usually happens three to five days after your materials are sent. What you don't want to do is call the team every day. What you don't want to do is call the team every day and leave countless voicemail messages and email them twice a day. Things like that. That will make you a nuisance and someone they probably wouldn't want to work with anyways. When you do reach out to them via email or voicemail, always make sure you thank them for their consideration. Then, and this is very important, trial close them. A trial close is a sales term that allows a salesperson the chance to move along the selling process with the buyer in a respectful manner. In this case, you're the salesperson and the team or the station is the buyer. Okay, some examples of a trial close include the following. Mr. Jones, as always, I appreciate your consideration. Where would you suggest we go from here? Or, Ms. Jones, it's been a pleasure speaking with you today. As always, thanks for your consideration. You know, I'm curious to know, what's the next step in the process? I'll tell you what. If you trial close a minor league GM or a sales manager or an owner, they won't forget it. Remember, their priorities revolve around team revenues. And for you to close out an interview in that fashion shows them that you know something about selling. One other point. After you've applied for a certain position, don't sit back and wait for an answer. Keep applying to other jobs. As good as you might think you are, rejection is a big part of this process. In a way, it's a numbers game. The more demos you send out, the greater the chance you'll hear back from one of them. Now, I'll give you an example. When I got hired for my first job out of college uh, in Flint with the International Hockey League team, I didn't hear from that team for a couple of months. In fact, I had taken a sales job with Carnation Foods in Ypsilanti, and I didn't hear about that Flint job uh, to be their radio play-by-play broadcaster until four days prior to the start of their season. I was at a Michigan State football game, and my mom just kind of nonchalantly told me that some guy from Flint called their house. Now, you know, the only phone number I had at the time was my parents. And since the application process and applying and everything, I had moved to Michigan, taken a sales job, and figured that, hey, maybe my dream's over. So you just never know. So two months down the road, I get the call back from Flint. And I was on my way. I literally quit a sales job, but I think they liked that. I, I think they like the fact that I had sales experience. They obviously liked my demo for whatever reason, but I think the sales experience with Carnation certainly helped me. You know, hopefully you'll get good news before bad, but even if you hear back from the team or station and you, you find out you didn't get the position, always make sure you follow up with a note of thanks to that hiring person. Email is fine. And a personal note card is always better. And I say this because, first, it's the right thing and the professional thing to do. The sports broadcasting business is small enough. And you know what? You never know. The team could send your materials on to another team looking to fill their play-by-play position. Also, what if the person that got the gig instead of you doesn't work out? That's right. The team may reach back out to you. You just never know. Finally, there's a decision of whether or not to hire an agent. My personal opinion is no when coming out of school, and here's why. First and foremost, affordability. When you come out of school, chances are your compensation plan is going to be on the lower end of the pay scale. And considering agents, even if they'll take you as a client at that point of your career, they'll likely want to charge you in the neighborhood of 10% per contract. I just don't see the value in that. And also, remember that if you're working in a minor league situation for a minor league team, I seriously doubt that you'll even have a contract. These don't typically happen until you land a major league gig, which will be later on in your career. Now, I've had three agents over the span of my career. The first was Neil Abbott. He's based in Boston. And I had him when I was working with the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim. And, you know, Neil was exactly what I needed. uh, Someone to interact with the Mighty Ducks president and the Disney lawyers. Plus, he didn't charge me all that much, which made it a perfect situation for me in my entry-level job in the National Hockey League and coming out of the minors and so on and so forth. My second agent that I had was based in New York City, and it was someone that I hired when I was working for the Minnesota Wild. And, And honestly, I would have been better off driving down the highway throwing money out of my car window. Calls were rarely returned, and there was absolutely no benefit to me or my career. The last agent I used was based in Atlanta, and they were very, very good. They also represented a lot of the talent at Turner Sports and ESPN. You know, I really enjoyed the relationship that I had built with them, and I would recommend them in a heartbeat. We would meet regularly, and phone calls were returned promptly, and you know, we worked together for about seven years before I decided to handle it on my own. But they were great, and I would certainly recommend them if you get to that point. I think the time for considering an agent is when you've hit the big time. After landing a major league gig or a network gig, ask around and get references. But until then, I really don't think one is needed. On the TV side, yeah, you're probably going to need an agent a lot sooner than, say, a play-by-play guy working on the sports team side. As we said at the top, you'll never get a second chance to make a first impression. So make the most of your chance. Be strategic and good luck landing the gig. I hope this helps you along the way. If you've got a question, you can email the show at pxpquestions at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at sportsboothpod1. And if you like the show, tell your friends and fellow students to follow us. That's all for now. Thanks for listening and make sure you join us on another edition of Sports Booth.